Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Bing bong. Oh, Christine. <laughs> ah. What's what's going on, my friend? I just saw you, and then we both hopped on Zoom. Well, I saw you in person, and then I, we hopped on Zoom. We both said, I miss you. I'm like, we just saw each other, but I don't know. I uh, We saw each other not even 24 hours ago? No. Now it's been, now it's been, been over 48. 24 hours. I, spent a, I think it was approximately 24 hours that I was on an airplane yesterday. So, yeah, it would have been... Mm-hmm. 48 since i saw you but um yeah we had good time we're listen we're prepping for the tour folks so get ready we're trying at least it's, we're it's... trying we're trying <laughs> well christine what do you drink and why oh this, thank this you week? for asking i've been struggling because you and i've been chatting um for like half an hour before we recorded and i really wanted to drink this beverage this liquid death water but um i wanted to crack it open so i want to hear crack. the crack let's crack into it Oh, Ooh. That wasn't, that wasn't no, I, I like, I like you it. Did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's what I'm drinking. What are, uh, and I don't know. Well, let me think while you tell me what you're drinking and why I will, I will think about why I'm drinking. Okay. I am drinking water. I'm drinking a lot of water today. And, uh, I, that's it. <laughs> I'm dr- <laughs> Good I'm drink- story. I'm drinking water and I'm eating a bunch of salt sticks cause I'm feeling a little dizzy and, uh, I, had never heard of salt sticks and when you brought that up i thought it was like a horse eating like sugar cubes or like licking salt you that's know? fair that's fair it's uh, like it it's, sounds like a, a, a horse it tastes like a vitamin c it's not a big okay. deal but okay, so um, it's not like really salty it's not salty in a way where you're like oh this is disgusting but it's huh. like tart it's like sour okay interesting what? it's just oh. it looks it looks and tastes like a vitamin c if for those of you on audio, which is probably all of you, most of you, M just went blah with their tongue, and I got to see the the, the product pro- inside the mouth. It was you probably beautiful. heard the weird shifting on blah. in my mouth. It's so gross. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But no, I'm I was uh just more and more health stuff these days, and so now I'm having fainting spells, and yeah, that's we're getting terrible. older and older, and M's fainting, and it's just like oi oi oi. Just another thing to warn people about when we go on tour, that if I faint on stage, um, well, then I faint on stage. I don't know what if, to tell you anymore. Then I do my uh, 
vaudeville performance that I've been saving up in my back pocket. Uh, While my deadweight body is limp in the on stage. Well, Eva has <laughs> will get one of those big vaudeville canes and just drag you off stage while I perform. Just drag me away. the audience, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I drink today because, um, I don't know. I mean, nothing, like, I feel like I'm in a, I feel like we're kind of in a transition phase here because we're, like, gear, it's January when we're recording this. I don't know when this comes out, but, like, we're kind of gearing up for a lot of stuff this year, and I feel like we're kind of just in the waiting phase. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Leanna started walking on Monday, like, quite a bit, so she's just, like, hobbling around with her little she does like lobster claws with her hands while she walks yeah i don't know why but it's very funny um so you is know is she running yet i feel like the second you walk you can she, run yeah absolutely and then she just like face plants and i'm like okay let's let's take a and blaze always says i wonder where she got her impatience from christine and i'm like i couldn't tell you i've yeah, never right. i have no it's idea it's over my head i have no so i clue. just like it's it's just completely unclear to me where it comes from um but yeah so what's, i mean you know things are good what's her favorite place to walk to so far she just likes to walk back and forth to people because when when she gets to them we're like yay you know and she just loves accolades i also don't where she gets that from it's the weirdest thing <laughs> so I don't, crazy i can't figure out where she gets her like love of attention and her impatience it's it's a bunch it's of traits it's gotta be blaze it's gotta be blaze like if you know him you know i know it i know yeah. it i don't you even sure you don't even have do. to know him yeah it's embarrassing honestly yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah no i'm excited because um we're gonna be rehearsing the show soon and so you're coming to visit me we're not gonna say what dates just in case i don't know uh, but, but it's we're coming to visit each other to practice again for the show, and yeah. it is a little stressful, but um, just because we don't just totally know what we're doing yet. But um, we will figure people, it out. Places, <laughs> venues are sold out, and we still don't. I mean, don't, don't get us wrong. We will have a show, but it's like, okay, we're we have a lot of work to do. So it's like when a venue sold out, I'm like, great. Let's make a show first, right, 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 right. Before we actually get there, um, but we're we're doing it. We're in. It's in the works. It's uh, the hard parts are done. So um, I think there's there's a few hard parts. Left. I know, um, I know. I keep just <laughs> I like I don't believe it. Like I keep saying that to myself, but I remember prepping for the last tour, and it was like so all consuming that I'm like, okay, just tell yourself that the hard parts are over, and maybe you'll believe it. <laughs> I think we need like a a weekend, like a crazed weekend where oh, we yeah. just crack it out. Absolutely, we need one of those like four a.m. like, mm-hmm. j- like mad scientist vibe, you know, evenings. And then we've had them before. Good. We'll have them. Again. We, we've we've had plenty. And yeah, uh, I wish I just had like a button I could press, but I guess that defeats the whole point of it. Um, but yeah, it's fine. But anyway. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. We're just scared right now. <laughs> I am also I'm also scared about truly passing out on stage. So that's going to be a new disclaimer at the beginning of each of the shows. I think of like, if I pass out, you guys are you guys win a Q and A with Christine until I come to. How so. fun would that be? Wee. Okay. Yeah. Well, until that day, um, there'll probably be a lot of Xanax in my system, so I don't have to totally think about it. Um, Love. Can there be some in mine? Because um, yeah. I, I'll, why? What the heck, Eva Gross just signed in. Are we still recording? Yeah. Yeah, we're recording. Okay. <laughs> it just said, you have been signed out. End meeting? I'm like, no, please. Oh, it says recording on my end. 
Okay, I just hit cancel, but it says you're logged in from another device. Well, Uh okay. It seems like we're still on. Okay. Okay, well, we'll see. (laughs) If Eva starts Zooming somebody, then... uh, If she pops on to say hi, you know. I don't think she can unless I let her in. So we'll see if we'll see what mood I'm in if but, I want to allow her presence. The power you have. It went straight to my head. Um, Christine, I oh man, I had a good question for you and I've lost it. <sighs> we'll figure it out during the after chat, I'm sure. Okay. Anyway, uh, okay, so that's why you drink. This is why I drink now. Oh, you said you drink liquid death. I'm drinking water. We've got. I think we covered our bases. Uh, okay. What? This is a very frenetic energy you've just shifted to. I know. Something what? happened. What's is it the salt stick? Are you too much salt stick? I think my energy came back for a second. I think Whoa. that's what happened. <laughs> Be careful. Don't hurt yourself. Well, no, I was gonna what another thing that's just flying into my head and I'm just gonna oh, no. regurgitate it before it leaves. Is that you're in the middle of doing a two parter, right? Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Ah! This was I remembered, I think, last night when I was like, what would Christine cover today? And I went, oh, wait a minute. I don't think she finished that Stockholm Syndrome situation. <laughs> Yay! Okay, you remember. Wow, good memory. I barely remembered what I was going to cover today. I often don't remember. And I, I for some reason, it stuck with me. But, oh, I'm um, so glad. Yeah, we did end on a, kind of a cliffhanger. So You, my little storyteller. <laughs> I this love is, a cliffhanger. It's my this favorite. is why I'm not worried about our tour because I've got you as the author. What if it's um, just a bunch of cliffhangers and then we don't ever. The cliffhanger is if one or both of us become unconscious on stage and we yeah. fade to black and then they have to come back next year to get the other half of the so show. So one of us fades to black and then, yeah. oh, then the, the screen then the curtains fade also, to black. And then the, yeah, it's just like the whole show just kind of crumbles. <laughs> Oh, good times, good times. I can't wait. (laughs) Well, I officially have, um, I guess, since us recording, this is the first ghost story Mm -hmm. of the year because last year, last week was the Banshee. (gasps) Um, But this is a ghost story. I love ghost stories. I don't know if you know that about me, but. Oh my God. We should have a podcast together. We should be friends. I went to a dinner last night and I had to explain my job to people, which was just the worst. Whoa. And because <laughs> then I, it's like, I just stumble through it. You think after all these years, I'd have a clean cut answer. But it's so hard because it's so bizarre and there's so many pieces to it. Like, like, in, like there have been times where I just like, like it doesn't, I know this isn't accurate folks, but like, I'll just say like comedian because like. I like I don't know what else to say, but I'm trying to think of something distinct. And like sometimes I'm on a stage saying things to make people laugh. Jokes, right? And like sometimes I say jokes here. I don't know. I but like to say paranormal investigator or true crime podcaster, it just it opens itself up to so many like I questions and way too many questions. And sometimes I don't have time to answer the questions. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I don't have time to answer everything sometimes. And I was at this dinner and I was like, how do I keep this kind of like, you know, so I I don't accidentally like steal some sort of light in the room. Like I want to hear about other people. And if I say like, oh, I go on tour and also I, you know, we ghost hunt and all this stuff. Like I was like, what, how do Boring. I? Boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to already... hear about all these other interesting people. I just talk about ghosts and crime. 
everyone's got a comment about ghosts and it's even like some people who are skeptics and they're like do you really believe in that and so like i get the whole gamut and sometimes i'm just too tired i just don't want to talk about it and i so, just want to eat my sandwich god so it's like i came here for dinner i want other people to talk while i eat my dinner so please anyway somebody else entertained me but it was i just had a moment last night where i was like oh how am i going to explain this uh, and Anyway, I don't know how we even got here. I don't know. I'm telling you, your energy is in, in a cool place today. Like I, don't in about, a, I don't know about cool, but yeah, it is. Yeah, cool was the word that came to mind that seemed diplomatic. Um, but yeah, like maybe maybe totally crazed energy. I don't know the right word, but like. Maybe. Do you watch Z-Way? Have you watched Z-Way or I, clips of Z- I have no idea what that is. Okay, you would love it. But there's, there's a, a segment that uh, she interviews Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And... Drew Barrymore just talks for like 10 fucking minutes and like the tangents she goes on that she creates for herself are incredible. And she totally gets away from (laughs) the question for herself. I love that. And I feel like I'm having a bit of a Drew Barrymore moment. So honestly could be so much worse than a Drew Barrymore moment. I love that. Anyway, that's, I'm sorry for my energy today. It's, it's all over the place. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm absorbing it. I'm, just uh basking in it i'm just worried for other people who were not basking they'll (laughs) be fine okay is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class but they can get extra help and positive feedback with ixl learning ixl learning is an online learning program for kids it covers math language arts science and social studies IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And and That's Why We Drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com drink. Visit IXL.com drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so 
I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Back to the ghost story. Let's do that. Because at least I have a list of things to say here. Super. Okay, so this is uh, the story of the Tower of London. <gasps> I've been there. Have you? What yeah. was it like? It was spooky. Well, that makes sense. Because they're they... like, hey, I was like 10. And they're like, hey, this is where they like executed people. I'm like, oh, cool. A lot of people. Actually, you know what's so weird? A bunch of different websites had different numbers where one of them said only two executions happened here. And what? I went... I beg to differ. False. I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm no time traveler or historian, but I can pretty much guarantee more than two executions yeah, happened here. You sit on a throne of lies. Yeah, and then other. There were other um, sources that said like hundreds of executions. I was like, that sounds more right. I feel like all your stories have these wild number number ranges. That's part of my problem with my side of the storytelling. With yours, you've got like cold hard facts it's, left it's and right. It's usually pretty, pretty down to the digit. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone's like, oh, well, you know, if someone ever said anything about my research, it's like, honestly, at some point, I just got to pick a narrative, just, like, folks. Just pick your source. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I can tell you that everything's wishy-washy about this, but then I just repeat myself every oh, day. Oh, it's like the time we went to texas and you talked about the alamo and everyone in the audience had a very differing opinion from one another and people were starting to bicker with strangers in the audience and i was like okay this is a very (laughs) controversial topic you picked i really should have not gone to san antonio and done the alamo where no it was great because it was like clearly people were very invested but like people were not having it with some of the facts and then some people were having it with not the other fa- it was chaotic that was weird i remember having to like reel in the audience but you, like yeah they were like heckling each other was- <laughs> i was like excuse me this i was is like our show i was like i it, i'm really hoping that this doesn't make you guys all hate me but uh we gotta keep it down <laughs> let me go yeah uh, like you and i are the only ones allowed to bicker okay i almost wanted to make people raise their hands and be like who agrees with this bullet i'm gonna say i feel like you may have done that and i think it sounds um, right yeah, it, I feel like you may have uh, done a little audience participation and they were more than ready for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oy. And then I also, anyway, that was that was quite a day. Uh, that was also the day that uh, Avengers came out and I couldn't yeah, go were, because we had a show. And that yeah, was were, miserable. Ne- I've never lived it down. I've never lived it down. I think no. about it every day. Okay. Mm-hmm. My God, the Tower of London. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. Drew Barrymoreing everywhere. Well, I feel like I'm just throwing shiny objects in front of you, which is like not fair. Like I feel like I'm just pushing you in a direction and then letting you go, which is like I know that I'm kind of at fault here, so I apologize. It's okay. So let's start with William the Conqueror, who's by the way sometimes called William the Bastard. Love that. <gasps> Whoa. He was the first Norman ruler in England, and after defeating the Anglo-Saxons and taking over England, he basically decides that he needs to build a massive tower fortress to protect himself because he probably just pissed everybody off. Right. And in the 1070s, he, which, what a year. Oh my goodness. Good times. I know. Just as a silly American, that means nothing to me. (laughs) In the 1070s, he builds the Tower of London. 
And he even used stones from Normandy, I guess as an homage to himself. And <laughs> the tower took 20 years to build, which I feel like if you need protection immediately, <laughs> yeah, bad call. Like a quarter of your entire lifespan is is taking it a little far. Yeah, like at this point, you've already found a different place to stay safe while you're waiting for that place to be built. So just stay there. But I guess you know? once you start, it's like, well, I might as well wait this project out. Yeah, it's like I already spent the money. Yeah. Um, so over time, like at that point, he might be fine with England and no one wants to hurt him. And he's like, oh, well, now well, I'm building this freaking tower. What do I do? I guess I should execute hundreds of people or two, <laughs> depending on or two who retells the story later. So over time, uh, future kings and queens also add more things to the tower, including new walls, defensive curtains, moats, and basically anything to further fortify the structure. Um, nowadays, the fortress is made up of 21 towers because 20 wasn't enough. Mm. And it is this lavish castle and was lived in for centuries. Um, it was also used as a mint, which is interesting. Um, like for coins? Mm-hmm. Oh. It was it minted all the currency in the nation. Oh my gosh. And it also was a uh armory weapon storage space. Mm-hmm. Um it also was a space to protect all of the royal valuables, which um speaking of royal valuables, have you been uh, s- keeping up with this Prince Harry nonsense? Not even his... a little. Not even. I'm like the least royal Ooh. royal interested person that exists, I think. My friend, his book is crazy. Um, well, I just I saw it on Goodreads and I just clicked in to see what the consensus was, and then I quickly clicked out because I was overwhelmed. So, so in one of the chapters, he talks about how his uh, penis got frostbite. Oh my god! And then he had to apply medicine that smelled like his mom's lipstick what? on his penis. It's really crazy. What the f? Okay, maybe I'm slightly more interested now, but I, uh, I I'm still not invested enough. But it. I like to hear you tell me about it. Let's put the, it that way. The way he was able to insert narratives about his penis a few times was very silly. Um, oy, oy, oy. Uh, he calls it his todger, by the way. So. I don't. Okay. I won't. Cool. There you know. Anyway, so speaking of like the crown jewels, you know what I'm saying? Uh, this speaking uh, of his Tower of London, yeah, <laughs> and his, <laughs> his todger royal, of London, royal subjects, and so. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it, this fortress was known to protect royal valuables, which is right. exactly the sentence you could say about his underwear. Um, so nowadays, oh, the fortress has 21 towers, and many people died there for many reasons. Um, some of them were just natural causes, but there's also some violent reasons, and the tower still has a reputation for being violent. So in the 11th century, the very first prisoner was incarcerated here. Um, 11th century, that's... I don't even want to do the math. Ten hundreds. Okay. Yikes. Uh, Thank you for that. So a thousand? Is that what that is? Yeah. Between a thousand and eleven hundred. Okay. BC, not BC. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) AD. My my mistake. This is a real nightmare for any historian. They've turned it off. (laughs) Any historian, for any normal person, this is a nightmare. They're like, how do you not know? Okay, 11th century. This was the first prisoner was incarcerated. And do you know when the last prisoner was executed here? Started no. all the way back in the 11th century and now 1705. The, I'm in no the 1940s. Really? Uh the last person was executed for treason because uh he was spying for Germany in World War II. Oh, <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. 
So lots of death. Um, So during its time, the tower held hundreds of prisoners. Some of them were Catherine Howard, Anne Boleyn, and Lady Jane Grey. All of them were executed here on the green. And uh, Lady Jane Grey, who's also known as the Nine Day Queen, she Mm. was crowned as a teenager. There's the, the really famous portrait of like right i think it was her execution was the painting um she was crowned as a teenager but she was quickly denounced for mary tudor aka uh bloody mary and episode 90 folks if you want to go listen to that um but she wasn't catholic and he and she or uh, lady jane gray wasn't catholic and mary tudor was and so Mm. people picked her over lady jane gray even though she was the rightful heir um and even her own father denounced her to save himself. Oh, jeez. So she gave up the crown to Mary. She did it like willingly, like, okay, you can be queen. But then she charged Lady Jane Grey anyway with high treason and sentenced Jane and her husband to death. Oh my god. Which I mean, her name's Bloody Mary, you know, like this can't yeah. be the it's probably guess... the nicest thing she's ever done. Yeah. Uh, in nine or in fifteen, not nineteen, anything. In fifteen fifty four, um, Jane, who was sixteen, her uh, she first saw her husband get beheaded, <gasps> and then she was also beheaded. And it's Jesus. She, she's now considered one of England's most cited ghosts. Wow. Um, fun fact: Lady Jane Grey is not the namesake of Lady Grey Tea. I don't know if you knew that there was a Lady Grey Tea. Did you? I do. Yeah. Okay. Good because it's That's some, not, but it's not her. Not Lady Jane Grey. I think I thought it was. It was uh, named after Lady Mary Grey. Oh. Um, and she is married to Earl Grey. Sure. Right. Well, that I knew because I'm like, well, <gasps> Earl Grey. Well, Earl Grey, Lady Grey. Like, I was like, well, I assume they're married. Oh, I never. It. I literally never put the two things together oh. my entire <laughs> really? life. I was blown away. So his name is er- Earl Charles Grey. Okay. Um, and... It was. I was like, "Oh, are you telling me Lady Grey and Earl Grey are married?" Yeah, and it blew my stupid mind. I had Earl Grey last night, I and I was know. like, "It's like your favorite." I'm surprised. Oh my god, it took me. Anyway, <laughs> if anyone else is as slow to the uh, update as me, it's that's me. All right. So her, uh, Lady Jane Grey, her husband was named Lord Guildford Dudley, of course. Wow. Oh, what a name. I want that to be my new favorite tea. That tea would have some psychedelics in it or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's a magic mushroom tea. That's, yeah, Lord Guildford Dudley. That's actually, it would probably have like, I don't know. Fucking gold leaf or something. (laughs) Something crazy. Um, His, so he was the one who was beheaded before his wife was then beheaded. And now he is seen as a ghost sitting in his cell and weeping, which is very sad. Especially because he was just, I don't know the whole story, but it sounds like he was just married to her. Wrong place, wrong time, yeah. Yeah, and like because Mary didn't like her, her and people she loved had to die. That's how it sounds with no information in front of me. I absolutely agree. So Lord Dudley is also said to be responsible for the word Jane etched into one of the walls on the grounds. Okay, that's sad. That really fucks me up. Um, she is sometimes called the White Lady because, of course, there had to be a White Lady. Always a lady in white. And she, Jane is said to be seen in white, wandering sadly. Um, she doesn't speak, and she's often seen by the guards, the staff, and visitors. Oh, um, my goodness. Spooky. 
on Christmas Eve's, she's said to leave the grounds on Christmas Eve. She leaves the ground and she can be seen wandering the ruins of her childhood home, which is at Bradgate Park. Ooh, I just got goose camp from that. I wonder why Christmas Eve. Also, on New Year's Eve, she is seen again near her childhood home, but in a coach, like a ghostly coach. And she's being pulled by ghostly horses and they're heading towards church and then the whole thing vanishes. That would be so cool to see. Well, apparently it's like fucking clockwork and you can just go on New Year's Eve and like witness this, which I can't believe that's true because why wouldn't just every ghost hunter in the world just go spend New Year's Eve there and just have the answer that goes to real? Not every every person and every New Year's Eve, right? It just like happens on occasion. I don't know. One source says, and I quote, it said she's visited her childhood home every Christmas Eve since her death almost 500 years ago. Well, maybe not everyone can see her there. Okay. I, yeah, there's got to be a reason, right? So. She's just she's just being a little sneaky. She's just saying, I don't like you. And you can just kind of hear her nearby. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, in 1536, which we are very slowly time traveling back to the present, <laughs> um, Anne Boleyn, uh, second wife to Henry VIII, was imprisoned and executed for her adultery. Mm. Um and she's buried in the town uh, in the towers of London's parish church. Um, in the 1870s, the chapel was locked for the night, but the captain of the guard saw a light through the window. And when he looked inside, he actually saw like this is like a, a wild haunting to experience. He saw Anne Boleyn's entire procession with knights and Anne's ladies in waiting, all praying and walking the chapel. And he even Ooh. saw Anne Boleyn herself. But she did not have a head. <gasps> I was going to ask. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, spooky. Which, like, it's one thing to see, first of all, a celebrity ghost. Let's get let's start there. Big, big. Then you see the entire funeral procession. And she doesn't have a head. First of all, then how do you know that it was Anne Boleyn? A million I people got beheaded. Just wondering that, too. But maybe it was like her frock was extra fancy. Mm, yeah. Maybe it was... I don't know. Also, don't she know. didn't have a head, which I think is a pretty good clue. Okay, that's true. But so many people on the grounds lost their head. That's true. Maybe one yeah. of them was crashing her procession. Maybe you just saw a random procession. It was very fancy, you know? For a headless person. <laughs> right. I'm not trying to gaslight this guy from the 1870s. Yeah, and but... I feel like you are, though. But, like, I want more proof that it's Anne Boleyn. Like, did the, did the dress of the body without a head say, this is Anne Boleyn? No, no. but it's probably, like, royal, a royal gown. Yeah, that's fair. It's definitely someone fancy. That I know. I just, I wasn't there, you know, if I could go back a couple centuries. I know. I would know better than anyone, you know. You would be able to look at a headless person and say, I know which royal that one is. I know it. I know it. It smells like my mother's lipstick that must be hairy. (laughs) That's so, it was just like the sickest line I've ever seen in my life in a book. (laughs) And the fact that it was like the Duke of Sussex. you, You didn't read the book though. My TikTok is covered with the audiobook. I oh, feel like oh, I oh. I feel like I've read it at this point. Okay. So in 1864, um there was another guard who actually saw Anne's ghost wandering the courtyard. I guess she had her head here. Interesting that she picks mm. and chooses who gets to see the, her head. Um she was dressed in white, so maybe she's a whole other lady in white. Interesting. Okay. She did not respond to him confronting her. Maybe he thought that she was just a random woman and he was like, you got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 
and she was not saying anything to him. So he wanted to intimidate her, gross, um, and he charged at her with his bayonet. Okay, idiot, what are you going to do? Like, stab this random lady? Yeah, what a call. Like, you could have just been louder or called for backup to, like, walk with you. You could have just not bayoneted her. Anything else. Really, anything else is fine. Anyway, he charged at her with the bayonet, and he basically runs straight through her. Which, like, that means he committed to stabbing through her. That's what I'm saying. Like, he was literally like, hmm, she's not responding. I'll intimidate her by stabbing her through the stomach. What? It would have, I mean, this is still, I don't agree with this, but it would have been one thing if he pulled out the bayonet to seem threatening with no intention to stab a random woman just because she's not talking to you. But let's just put it this way. If the banshee were nearby, that guy would be so fucked. Oh, screwed big time. So uh, here's the thing. I guess then uh, when he ran through her and realized it was a ghost, he freaked out and his superiors almost charged him with fainting and abandoning his post but somebody nearby a general had witnessed the entire thing and testified that there really was a ghost and he... wow so somehow somehow he got off scot-free if you faint on stage i'm gonna charge you with fainting during your royal duties or whatever with abandoning my post i mean yeah i technically would be um so Sorry. i would understand i would understand i won't bayonet you though so i can promise that Thank you. I would like everyone in that audience to testify that uh, they saw the whole thing. And I really just had a fainting spell. I was yeah. just very dizzy. Um, so it was, here's the thing, though, is we never got confirmation that this was Anne Boleyn. This was just a woman in white. So this could be the lady in white that I already discussed. Yeah. Or it could be Anne apparently dressed in white. Um, it could be Lady Jane in white. It could be any random ghost woman in white. But we're pretending that it is Anne Boleyn confidently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Anne is also seen pacing the chapel aisle and walking toward the altar that stands over her grave. Oh, Ooh. my. She's obsessed with this funeral. I Yeah. Thank you. You know what? She deserves it, though. I feel like Agreed. Was... I'm not I'm not dissing her for that because, like, I would it be, was too. A, it I would was a big watch event. funeral. It was a big event of her own life that she didn't get to attend living, you know? Right. Might as well. I'm already so pissed that I have to miss my own funeral. I know. It's the thing I'm saying. Like, you want to know what people are eulogizing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. What if I don't want them to say something that they're saying up there? What if I want to kick them in the shins? Be like, stop it. Yep. You know? Then you can do it. Ghostly. I would love to look at uh, people in my life, and if they're not crying that I'm dead, just remember that. (gasps) And just put it in my little ghostly pocket and be like, you know what? noted put it in my ghostly pocket (laughs) yeah you know uh all right so here's a fun fact that will quickly become a terrible fact cool there are ghosts that are not human uh in this (gasps) tower they are the ghosts of animals oh fuck in the 1500s there was something of a sport no called bear baiting and it involved chaining a bear and taunting it until it fought back. And sometimes the bear was forced to fight other animals. Oh, my God. Eventually, it seemed to end the same way every time where a man just killed the bear. This is horrible. What is so, wrong with people? Some, not just animal cruelty, but some sort of animal torture of like, oh, the second you're chained up, we're already going to kill you at the end. But just for fun, let's... Like, it's like a sport now. Yeah. Yep. Humans are sick. Um, so 
there are two ghosts of bears that are still on the grounds. That's so sad. Which they have every fucking right to charge people Absolutely. for eternity. Absolutely. Um, one shows itself in the jewel room, uh, behind a door, which is interesting. Why it hangs out behind the door of a room. Um, some say that it is guarding the castle, but that makes no fucking yeah, sense right. because why would you guard a place that's terrible? Yeah. Um, or like the why would I guard the place that tortured me to death and killed yeah. me? You know, so that makes no sense to me. Um. The second one, the second ghost, is of a black bear that pops up wherever it pleases. And I like that style. That That's is mine. a good vibe. Yeah. He's like, wherever I feel needed, uh, wherever I am called, I will be there. I like that. It's wherever I'm not welcome. That's oh. where I'm going to show up. Because you know, I, that, I like that attitude too. is what I'm about with this bear. He was first seen in 1816 in the Martin Tower. Um, and I really just hope that he's living his best bear life. I Me hope too. that... I hope that there's a, a patch on the grounds that has just like a well of honey and Aww. I hope he has little berries to pick and I hope he's got a lot of people to scare because he deserves it. So absolutely. Hmm. The, the bear, the best bear, not the best bear life, but his best bear afterlife. I hope he's having his best bear afterlife. Um, so there's a story that goes that the guard was charged. A guard was charged by a grizzly bear. Which can you imagine? I mean, that really is such a scary sight. Like all of a sudden, a bear just shows up and is chasing a, a ghostly one. A ghostly one. I wonder if he oh, knew it was ghostly. I thought you were still talking about when they were torturing them. You're saying like this happened. This is a ghost story of the bear. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. His guard says he was charged by a grizzly bear, and Terrifying. he tried to he tried to fight it off with a sword, but the sword went right through the bear, and the guard was found frantic, and he even had to be picked up and brought home because he was so catatonic. He traumatizing. Uh, yeah especially like if this guard had nothing to do with what happened to those bears yeah true true he's like why the fuck like wait a bear do it i would i mean i can't even imagine i would never recover and apparently he died two days later oh no i don't know if he died from actual injuries or maybe from like the the shock of a spiritual panic i don't know (laughs) i Um, also am going to die of spiritual (laughs) panic so me too yeah uh, many other animals are also seen as ghosts on the property. Um, well, also a lot of animals were held on the property when they were alive, um, including monkeys, tigers, dogs, horses. Uh, there were lions, leopards, pumas, tigers, jackals, Boy. an elephant, a polar bear. That's um, awful. Mm-hmm. Well, because this was because the kings kept a menagerie in the tower, which was sure. just... The old timey way of saying a zoo um but, but like ha- the, not even a zoo just like a collection of animals that are yes. being mistreated and yes a polar bear that's in not in <laughs> an arctic temperature. a polar bear in london yeah you do Ugh. next to an elephant who should also not be totally in london so i feel like this is the next children's book like forget paddington yeah. a polar bear in london i feel like that's the next story uh so anyway they used to have a bunch of animals on the property and a lot of their ghosts are now seen here although they are often harmless um going back to humans there is one woman named lady arbella stewart she is the niece of mary queen of scots Mm. she was imprisoned here for a long time for having a secret marriage that the king felt threatened by and for all we know there was absolutely zero threat and the king just had a crush on her or something i don't it could have been anything but it sounds like he just didn't like that she got married um and so he 
imprisoned her and she attempted several escapes um she was caught every single time so poor girl she kept trying though and she was then put in the queen's house which is a part of a tower where she was taken care of i guess because she was related to mary queen of scots it wasn't like maybe Mm -hmm. the worst imprisonment situation i don't know but she was given her own room um, she died anyway, though, because she allegedly stopped eating in protest oh, and, no. and died of starvation. Oh, no. There's another rumor that that was a cover up story and she was actually murdered. So. Oh, but it was her fault. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now Arbella haunts the queen's house where she was staying and she apparently hates women um, that go into her bedroom i wonder if she hates them or she's warning them but um Mm, i mean i would hate anyone going to my bedroom i'd be like get out that's true but maybe if it was like if she was wrongfully imprisoned for just like being a woman that he liked or had an issue with i don't know i i don't know the full story but all we do know is that whenever a woman goes in there alone well i'm um, not gonna test it so there's some spooky stuff that goes on to a point where they have had to make a rule that says no women are allowed in this room by themselves so i like you can go in with a with a, a chaperone though right 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 maybe buddy system sometimes arbella's ghost is actually called the gray lady instead of the white lady um and that's really the only difference that <laughs> one's white and one's gray mm-hmm. um so there was a former resident governor of the tower uh and this is a quote from them when they stayed there Soon after we arrived in 1994, my wife Janice was making up the bed in the Lennox room when she felt a violent push in her back, which propelled her right out of the room. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. No, so she must hate women. Okay, got it. Or she's protecting them very so you're aggressively. Getting, pushed. getting propelled out of a room with the force of a push. Yeah. And uh, to finish the quote, no one had warned us that the house was haunted, but then we discovered that every resident has experienced something strange in that room. The story goes that the ghost is that of Arbella Stewart, a cousin of James I, who was imprisoned and then possibly murdered in that room. Hmm. Several women who slept there have since been reporting, waking in terror in the middle of the night, feeling that they were being strangled. So just in case, we made it a house rule not to give unaccompanied women guests the Lennox room. Okay, so she hates women. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like she does not like women. Okay. There's another story here, another ghost story, um, not about Arbella, but of the Lost Princes, Mm. which I hadn't heard this before, and it just goes to show how far behind I am in royal family drama. But in 1483, uh, King Edward IV died, and his brother took in his two sons, um, who one was 12-year-old Edward V, who was going to be the future heir, and nine-year-old Richard. Uh, The uncle immediately moved the boys to the Tower of London and allegedly for their protection. uh, That's why he brought them to the tower. But the princes were never seen again after moving in. (gasps) Oh, no. A diplomat living uh, there at the time, he said that he used to see the boys around the tower at first, but soon they, quote, began to be seen more rarely behind the bars and windows until at length they ceased to appear altogether. Already there is suspicion they have been done away with. Ooh, that's terrible. And everyone suspected their uncle, who became King Richard III. Of course, of course. Of killing them so that he could then have the throne. It's terrible. Uh, but then again, he was the king and no one can accuse him of something without 
consequences. Sure. Um, so everyone just, I guess, let it fly. And 200 years later, um, a 17th century construction crew found a chest that was 10 feet under a tower foundation. Oh, no. With, with the skeletons of two boys. No. That's and they, terrible. These bones were given a royal funeral at Westminster Abbey. And in 1933, early forensic experts said that the bones matched the ages of the princes. Mm. But there are historians that still argue that this maybe isn't the two boys, in which case that means there's four children that yeah, are missing. I don't love so, that. Yeah, I don't like that any better. Right. So anyway, now I don't know if it's because their bones were dug up and properly buried or if this was happening beforehand. I don't know the beginning of seeing these um, apparitions. Mm. But people claim to see two boys in the tower they were staying in, um, wearing nightshirts, looking scared, and holding hands. Oh, come on. Other Other times, though, they have been seen looking happy, giggling, running around, and playing together. So Okay, okay, that's good. So their personality changes with the day. I love this the same. <laughs> right, yeah. Calculate. Um, so that's the ghosts of them. In the same tower, there's also the ghost of Sir Walter Raleigh, who was imprisoned on the grounds multiple times. Um, he originally stayed there for over 13 years, and he's now seen wandering um, the tower with the princes. Um, so there's uh, quite a few ghosts in that area. That's the White Tower. Um then there's the most gruesome execution that ever happened on the grounds of the of the tower, which is in 1538, and it was Margaret Pole, the Countess of Salisbury, who I wonder if she is in charge of Salisbury Steak. Um, Potentially. A food, by the way, I have not heard about since we were children. Do people not make that anymore? I don't know. I don't know if I ever knew what it was. You know how, like, people used to eat, like, olive loaf and you like just never hear about yeah, it like anymore jelloed foods yeah, yeah. like d- like what like happened salisbury to salisbury steak? steak i feel like that's a very 80s thing really i, I ate it all the time what Make is it? it i don't even know what it is i don't I, let's look it up sorry tangent ew salisbury ew. Uh, it was like ground beef breadcrumbs ketchup dry mustard worcestershire sauce bouillon and some salt and pepper i don't know okay it that. was like it was like a go-to like meal a it was like a go-to meal in my cafeteria, but I think I feel like it was cafeteria food for a lot of people. No, cafeteria food? I thought you meant at home. No, it was like like it was like school lunch food. Whoa! No, we never had that. Oh, wild! I ate it all the damn time. Okay, hang on. It looks I'm... like a meatloaf, kind of. Which it I looks guess like a meatloaf. Maybe they made meatloaf and called it Salisbury steak to sound fancier. Maybe. Huh? What happened to Salisbury steak? <laughs> Okay, although frozen foods are... Oh, were they, it was a frozen... Maybe that's why it was also lunch food. They just threw it in the microwave for us. Yeah. Although frozen foods are still popular today, the portioned out TV dinners of yesterday... Okay, that doesn't give me what I want. Since Salisbury steak had become synonymous with frozen meals, its traction has began oh. to decline. Oh. So it was like a very like quick and ready type of food. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, there's... I mean, people also always say meatloaf is a school cafeteria food, and they're very similar, so... Sorry, hang on. Um, there's an article. Dr. James Salisbury, a germ theory pioneer, invented Salisbury steak to combat illness against Civil War troops. Whoa. What? I am going to read this article later. There's an article that's called uh, The Interesting History Behind Sal- Satisfying Salisbury Steak. 
A close cousin to the hamburger. Okay, well, <laughs> I can't wait to read that later. I um, can't wait to for you to read that later and then tell us all about it next week. I <laughs> on, and it, that's why we drink. <laughs> I have started. If I I have wondered if I were to ever start a podcast on my own, I think it would just be ADHD tangents where like every episode I would just cover a different random topic I hyper fixated on that week. <laughs> just I like, love that though. Like this time it's Salisbury steak. Next time it's I don't know crocheting. I don't Jigsaw know. Jigsaw puzzles. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. We're dehydrated. Are you dehydrated, Christine? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, drink up, girl. Okay. <sighs> Where were we? Oh, Salisbury. Okay. Oh, it was the most gruesome execution um, on the grounds. So uh, that was 1538, Margaret Pole, Countess of Salisbury. Um, she was executed, imprisoned and executed, truly for being the mother of someone who committed treason. Oh, come on. I can't even imagine. People just love killing. Uh, women. Anyone. Anyone. Bears. Yeah, anyone. Uh, yeah. Bears. So uh, Margaret was described as old and frail, and she was 65. Um, and she was imprisoned at 67. So I think they, she was described that way to make it seem like this imprisonment was particularly cruel. Um not we're totally ignoring that like she didn't do anything wrong but well, right. her, her age is what really made everyone feel bad um and she was given the quote honor of a private execution oh come on because she's old um so there's two versions to this story the first one is that when margaret saw the axe coming down on her she panicked and ran and the executioner chased her around <gasps> oh and slashed at her 11 times with his <gasps> sword before she oh, died. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. There's a second version, which is no better, which is that the executioner was inexperienced. Oh, no, 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 no. Swung and missed her neck. Oh, my God. Nearly cutting off her arm. Oh, my God. And kept trying, but like 10 times in a row would swing and miss the neck and hit the a neck, different part of her. Freak out. That's horrible. Until she eventually died. It's a horrible. So I don't know which one's better. They're both awful. And keep in mind, she did nothing wrong. And she was 67 years old. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. People now hear her screaming on the tower green. Oh, of course. Um, others have seen an apparition of her running away from an axe man. There That's are horrible. Other ghosts in some parts of this castle, um, for one, people hear footsteps in the halls, which were, I guess, at one point monks in their sandals on the stone floors. Um, and in 1957, in the Salt Tower, one man saw a cloud of mist with the face of a young woman in it, which Ooh, spooky, creepy, um, like a cloud inside and it's got a face. Absolutely not. A cloud inside. I was like, this, something's very wrong here. That alone would have gotten me. But the fact that it's also like anthropomorphized into a human is really freaking me out. <laughs> In the same tower, there is the ghost of a Jesuit preach named Henry Walpole. who a Jesuit was... preach? Priest? Priest. Did I say it stupidly? Is that what well, happened? You said preach. I don't know. Oh, shit. Well, it sounded, it sounded like you were like saying, hey, preach, you know. Oh, like I was trying to be cool. I, right. I wasn't. It didn't work. <laughs> uh, there's a priest named Henry Walpole who was tortured for uh, n for naming other Catholic contacts that he knew. Um, and he wouldn't give them up. 
And I guess he died. And now people see a yellow glowing thing that gets brighter and brighter until it fills the room. So some golden light. Um, They also hear murmuring like someone praying and they feel ice cold fingers on their neck. Ooh, okay. The the rest of it's okay, but... Last one got me. That's not good. Henry VI was also um, was stabbed while praying in Wakefield Tower. Uh, and that's where his ghost is now allegedly seen uh, at midnight every night. Um, he'll show up at the stroke of midnight, like Cinderella or something. And mm. in the 1980s, there's another ghost story of a guy seeing two men dressed in early time period clothing. They're standing next to each other at the fireplace, talking to each other and smoking pipes. Oh, that's kind of cool. That one's cool. And like one that. of one of them suddenly turned around to look at him, stared back at him, and then both of the guys by the fireplace vanished. Oh, I like that they're just smoking their pipes. Yeah, and they were like, this guy's fucking listening and let's get out of here. God. Can't we have a lick of privacy around here? I know. <laughs> um in the White Tower. There is the white lady. Um, she's, but the, here's the thing, because we mentioned earlier that lady, I think it was that lady Jane Grey was mm-hmm. the lady in white. I keep throwing myself off because I think the lady Jane Grey should be the gray lady. Yeah, because it is confusing. There's a gray lady and they're all white ladies. Right. They're all white so, ladies right. that are, dr- some are dressed in white, even though their last name is gray. And some of them are dressed in gray, even though they're, it's so beyond. Um, so confusing. But then on top of that, there's allegedly a, another lady in white. Um, uh, and she is known to fill the room with very strong perfume that people have described as cheap perfume. Oh, that's rude. That's so fucking rude. That's rude. Um, can you imagine also like that you decided when you became a ghost, you're like, this is going to be, this I'm locking it in. This is the smell. signature scent. <laughs> and now everyone's like, that's fucking foul. And oh, now you can't change it. You're like, oh no. so sad. <laughs> um, apparently the smell is so overwhelming that people get sick and have to leave the room. So she literally, like, not only is she being called cheap and tacky, but like she's clearing out house. Like, uh wow that's powerful though she's probably having a spongebob i'm ugly and i'm proud moment of like <laughs> like why won't you hang out she's with like, me i'm just gonna lean into it now she's also been seen standing at windows and waving to children probably because she knows if she gets any closer they will tell her she stinks <laughs> um when uh there have been a few times where once you smell her perfume she will also tap you on your shoulder but uh when you look behind you to see what's going on you will only see a flash of white and then nothing Ooh. Uh, when this has happened to people, they feel that the world is, quote, closing in on them and oh. their blood runs cold. Never mind. I don't enjoy that. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's always got to be scary. I'm like, why couldn't uh-huh. this just, why couldn't we just enjoy what was I just, happening? I want to see the guys in the pot with the pipes. That's about as far as I want. Yeah. And I bet they have cologne that smells awesome, by the way. Yeah. Like, oh, I bet. Well, maybe. I don't know what their showering habits were back That's then. That's true. That's mm. true. Hmm. I wonder if everyone stinks. Does nobody stink? You know, like, can you ever really pinpoint it? It must have been that way because you must have just been used to it. You know, part of me is like you would in a time when like cleaning habits were very different and everyone has like a funk to them. Yeah. If someone can still pick out your BO, that's how you knew that you smelled. Yeah. Yeah. If there's just like a general gross smell 
but you can't really like no one's picking you from the pile then you're like in the clear yeah i wonder but, like, if it's if, like when if somebody people's... else like just stretches and their armpits are exposed and everyone's like oh dear god you know like is, is that yeah. how you know you're the stinky one that you need to take a, like at least one more bath a month yeah just one but also like your bo has to be incredible because weren't there clothes like really thick and like wool and shit sometimes like yeah you think you'd be able to contain most of it maybe they did i also wonder like you know if you don't wash your hair eventually it kind of like just figures itself out is right. that how a body works if you don't wash it long enough does it just kind of yeah, stop smelling that's what uh i had to do to start on like the native deodorant is like I had to stop using like chemical deodorant and it took like two weeks to really like work. stick. And now, and now it works. I mean, as far as I know, it works fine. Um, but it like your body needs to like adjust. So I think it does. Like if you're not putting like chemical deodorant on, I think after a while it like just kind of resets. Huh. Interesting. Like Blaze doesn't even wear deodorant. Blaze is a freak of nature, so please relax on that. Okay, <laughs> like I have yet to hear a bad thing about Blaze, and I've known you for how many years now? I put on deodorant like three times a day. I mean, this is before. Like, I do really like the. I use Native now. I know this is not an ad. I'm I'm just genuinely saying. But back before, when I would like play volleyball and stuff in high school, and like I would need to put on like clinical strength deodorant like multiple times a day. I was. And then I meet Blaze, and he's like, uh, "I have a stick of deodorant, but I had it for th- I've had it for three years because I only rarely use it." I'm like, what the fuck? He he's really just like a force. Like I, I don't get it. If I don't wear deodorant, it's game over for every single person near me. Like you, <laughs> Same. you know when I'm not wearing deodorant. That's I let's mean, just put it that way. That's why our native ads are so intense. <laughs> we're like, no, really, <laughs> it works. No, I um. I thank God for deodorant because I'd be like I'm so sweaty. My I would be so sweaty, like exiled from a town if we didn't have deodorant. Um, You'd be imprisoned in the Tower of London, probably. You know what's interesting though is a lot of people have commented and said that I smell really good. So I like that's just the deodorant working. Maybe like, that's your funk. <laughs> maybe I I'm maybe I've just maybe I'm just convincing everyone. No, but, I think you smell nice. I have I've never known you to have any sort of smell to you <laughs> i i think i smell fine too but i i know what i smell like when i'm not smelling fine and it's pretty wild um where how did we get here okay i don't know anymore <laughs> so back to this i only have a few uh things left but um in the white tower which i think is the same tower as the princes and sir walter raleigh um you can also hear the tortured screams of guy fox who oh. was he was prepared here for his execution which Ew. i have I have no idea what prepared means. I don't like, want to know. What, you like clean the neck? Like you sharpen a blade? I don't know. Um, also here, there's a ghost uh, that has been heard. And one time a guard was hanging out there and he took off one of his shoes. He like had to like, I don't know, maybe he had he something had a in show. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden he heard behind him a voice say, there's only you and I here. Ugh. And he responded back. Just let me get this shoe on and there'll only be you. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> I'd be running out the yeah, freaking He was door. like, give me about a 60 second countdown and that we won't have this problem anymore. I'd be um, like, I'm out of there. I don't need my shoe. You can have it. Yeah, take it. In the 1800s, uh, the keeper of the crown jewels lived in Martin Tower with his family. Um, and his family actually saw a ghost. And this is a whole quote from him. 
where he said that his wife said, good God, what is that? <laughs> then the keeper, this is his, um, I don't know, series of events. I looked up and saw a cylindrical figure, like a glass tube, seemingly about the thick, the thickness of my arm, hovering between the ceiling and the table. Its contents appeared to be a dense fluid, white and pale azure, like the gathering of a summer cloud. Okay. And, <laughs> and incessantly rolling and mingling within the cylinder. This lasted about two minutes. Then it began to slowly move before my sister-in-law then following the oblong shape of the table before my son and myself passing behind my wife. It paused for a moment over the, her, over her right shoulder. Instantly she crouched down and with both hands covering her shoulder, she shrieked out, Oh Christ, it has seized me. Even now while writing, I feel the fresh horror of that movement. Whoa. And eventually the spirit let go of his wife and vanished, but nobody ever saw it again. Nobody knows what it was. Nothing. Ew, that creeps me out. That that's like too specific. I've, like that's the kind of thing where like, like, like a summer's cloud. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't think you would make that up. Like you no. could exaggerate. Like, oh, I heard the ghostly voice and I stabbed it with a spear. But like the, an ob, like a cylindrical shape that hovers above your shoulder. It's just so bizarrely detailed. You know what's so what weird is, is that? Beca because it's so different than any other ghostly thing i hear about i don't know if that makes it more or less credible like i'm like it makes it more to me because i'm like what a weird thing to make up like yeah that's true. why would you make that up i mean i'm sure someone would but like if all these multiple people were like no this strange cylindrical object was hovering above us like it, it's odd it's very it's a odd. weird story to make up wouldn't you make up a story about like oh and then this soldier appeared and like yeah. i don't know you could say you saw lady gray or you could make up any a bear i don't know but a cylinder yeah it's very weird what uh, do you think it is i have no idea and the fact that it was like passing through everybody and Ooh. like or... and it can grab you i wonder i mean my it, it, i have no reason to think this but the only thing i can come up with or like on first thought is like maybe it's like one of their family members who was passing and like came to say goodbye to everybody or something. Cause it was like, and they're like, Oh God, it has seized me. <laughs> but honestly, if you died and all of a sudden showed up in front of me, my first reaction to would be, ah, you know? So like, Oh good God, what is that? Are you but... trying to give me one last hug? Oh God, it seized me. You know? <laughs> okay. To be fair, I would be wearing the tackiest perfume of all time. So that would probably <laughs> seize you before anything else. Um, no, but I, I just wonder I guess, but like, why would it be in a cylinder and why would it be so scary? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. It almost sounds like it's like, it almost sounds like something a spiritualist or like a, like a table tilt, like table tilting, table turning. Why can't I think of what I'm talking about? I don't it know. It feels like something from like the spiritualist era of like something you'd see at a seance and you find yeah, out later it true. was fake. I don't know. But, um, okay, the last thing is that there is a spirit here called the oppressive force or nameless thing. And that sounds like what that fucking cylinder is. Well, this one is malevolent and stalks guards at night. And something it's attached to Henry VIII's armor because it appears in the room that the armor is displayed in. And if the armor is ever moved, then the energy will follow the armor. Oh, no. And uh, some people 
that experience the spirits say that they feel like they're being crushed alive by something or arms are being wrapped very tightly around them until they can't breathe. Um, One guard was attacked by the spirit and he actually even saw, even though this thing was invisible, he somehow in the corner of his eye saw a cloak and the cloak wrapped around his neck. And he escaped the room, but there was red bruising on his neck where the Mm. cloak was. And many have had to flee the room when they experience this feeling. Some even think that they see a demon-like figure on the ceiling when this is happening. Um, And anyone can go visit the armor if you'd like, but just know that you might get choked out. So Don't dress like a guard. Don't dress like a guard. Yeah, definitely. Um, Anyway, that is the Tower of London. Wow. And that's just some of the ghosts. I mean, there's got to be hundreds. There's got to be more. What a a tale, Em. Hmm. Did you like my glug glug of my water? Uh, no, not really. Hydration reminder to anybody who has a water bottle and you've been neglecting it. Take a swig, folks. Okay, all right, one second. Take a swig. It's your water, water, uh, what, what's the word? I don't know. All right, we'll do it at the same time. I'll do a little gluggy. Ah, good job, everybody. I'm very proud of you. Hydrate. If you're drinking a glass of wine, that counts, too. Yes. Just <laughs> just drink something. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters, right, doctors? Yeah, right? you get it. Okay. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. All right. Um, Okay, we're going to talk about the uh, Stockholm Syndrome, the rest of the story, part two. Um, Do you, what do you, I don't want to say what do you remember, that's a very (sighs) open-ended question, but do you, how much of a... I don't remember names. Okay, okay. 
I do remember that there was originally there was one guy who goes into the bank. He says, mm-hmm. I need an exorbitant amount of money and my friend freed, which, by the way, I don't know. Maybe I'm just hoping for things, but it just feels I feel like there's some something queer going on. I feel like there's I don't think so. No, I feel I mean, like they're just very, very good friends, and he was willing to go rob no, a bank this, to let him out. The second guy was just like a folk hero, so people were just like obsessed with him. He was like damn. a celebrity, remember? Like people, I know, yeah. I mean, maybe this guy had a crush on him because he was known to be quite handsome, but I don't think they got together or anything. Damn, I just want everything to be a little and gay all the time. Me but... too. Trust me. And if it were, <laughs> you know, I would be like aggressively highlighting that aspect uh... of it. But unfortunately, there's also some other sexual stuff that happens. Oh shit! Not between them. So I have a feeling. Okay, it was not mutual. One, All you right. know, even if there was some queerness happening, it wasn't mutual. Damn. Okay, I was just manifesting. But uh, okay, so he says I need this guy out. They bring the guy to him, which is yeah. like the cops, and was, just like um, let him in the bank. <laughs> just let him in. Now the two of them are in there with I think four women, and then they find this one guy later. He was um, hiding. He was yeah. hiding, and they're all like, "We don't want to hurt any of you. We just like they're we want to." They basically were like feeding them or something at some point and slowly earning their trust and not even like, I don't think strategically earning their trust. They just yeah. happened to be gaining their trust because the police kept making so many mistakes yep. and like did not know how to handle a hostage situation. And Man, they were like, you know, more than I do about this story. They were bringing like they thought someone else was in there that was the shooter. So they brought <gasps> that guy's little brother in and just basically sent in a minor into a hostage situation to find nobody he knew. And then <laughs> oh, no. they were just doing all these things where like the, the only thing they're not doing is saving these people. Um, oh my God. And so now it's become like the hostages and the criminals like, not working together but like definitely feeling safer together than they're feeling safer together exactly and remember the prime minister even called uh and and like didn't help the woman and then the woman's mom called and was was like why were you so rude to the prime minister and she's like yeah i'm being held hostage right now (laughs) oh yeah the police weren't even like telling anyone's families that they were yeah they found out later that like their Mm. families oh they found out when they when the criminals let them call their families yeah, the yeah, like, yeah. You're being what? <laughs> so uh, I don't remember where we ended, but it was like the cops finally hatched a plan that they oh, thought yeah. would work or something. Man, you you really remember probably more than I do. Honestly, I'm telling you, I'm shocking the world right now because I <laughs> you're often <shocking> me. <laughs> I don't even remember half of yesterday. Like I and I. <laughs> No offense, I hope you don't take it. But like, no, I really no, I certainly after, don't. I'm but just after impressed. you after you tell a story, it often it stays in my brain for about a minute, like <laughs> a couple days, and then after that, like we're already on to the next true crime, and just all of the information usually. I mean, gets it's so a muddled. lot to take in and then absorb. Like yeah. especially, I I always find too when I'm when you're telling me a story, I'm telling you a story. It's I feel like we're like on because we're like doing a show like where we know mm-hmm. other people are listening and so part of me thinks my brain turns off a little bit like i think so too you There's know the memory part i'm not like absorbing it as intently because i'm like responding and you know uh, anyway but yeah so i do not know i definitely take don't take offense i'm just incredibly impressed because um you basically get- reminded me of things i had forgotten well um, get used to uh yeah. never being surprised again that was that was maybe <laughs> a one and done so. never being surprised again <laughs> Um, okay, so let's see. 
Uh, so mental health professionals at this point are like, okay, to, to rescue these hostages and hope for the best outcome, we have to resolve this ASAP. And so they tell the police, like, figure it out. You can't just leave them in there for – they've been in there for days. Like, you can't mm-hmm. just leave them in there forever. So in a final effort to end this unfolding drama, police hatch a plan. They decide they are going to drill into the vault and release tear gas to incapacitate Jan and Clark, who are the two criminals, and then attempt to, I guess, drag out the hostages, like rescue them. Mm-hmm. So this is their grand plan. They're going to gas the place. Yeah, I and, remember this. Uh, hope to incapacitate the criminals and take the hostages out. So they consult with a chemical weapons specialist who says it will take way too long to knock these guys down. Like they're not just going to like breathe and then fall over. It's going to mm-hmm. take a lot longer. And that would give them time to harm the hostages. So they're like, this is not a good plan because if they know they're being gassed, <laughs> like, and they only yeah. have a few seconds left before they are knocked unconscious, like they can do something erratic. And the tear gas, of course, like you mentioned last week would also harm the hostages. So it's like, well, you're just now gassing everybody. It's, it's just not a good plan. But police said, okay, okay, cool. Well, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so that's good. I love when you, you know, consult with an expert, a specialist in their field and then say, cool, cool, cool. But I don't care what you right. say. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. it anyway. Ha, ha, so ha. <laughs> thank you so much for the advice. Um, so police persisted. They set to determining the vault size and the right, quote unquote, dosage of this tear gas. Uh, And police then start drilling into this bank vault. (laughs) Okay. It sounds like a bad uh, It's like you couldn't just open a window or something. Like, why are we drilling into a vault? Like, that sounds so dramatic. It sounds like a cartoon where they're like... It's like Wile E. Coyote. Like an anvil is going to come crashing through. Yeah. So they start drilling into the vault. And of course, the noise of this inside the vault is overwhelming and terrible. And That's like what I'm saying, to, like, did they think no one was going to notice? They were going to notice this drilling, yeah. So over the surveillance microphones, they could hear the women screaming, don't stop, help, please, because it was mm. so loud and unbearable. One officer started shouting that the men oy, must be raping Kristen because of the screaming. And it was uh, like, uh, no, you're just bursting their eardrums, asshole. That's the most... um. I don't even know what to call that, but like, just so not taking responsibility, like, no. just like, oh, this horrible thing. You also, like, by the way, like, I am aware that, like, they are still criminals who are committing a robbery and are traumatizing these people, despite how much safer they feel with them right. versus cops. Like, I am aware that they're still not doing, um, god's work but uh <laughs> but at the same time like they're not doing anything nearly as bad to be given that kind of blame or that kind of reputation of like you must be doing this as you're holding a massive jackhammer trying to yeah. gas everybody like it was just that feels so gross there's of, like, something so like so detached yeah so it's detached a, like from humanity said, just, like, putting the blame elsewhere without even thinking and by the way um, this has bad consequences because all of a sudden these like headline, like people hear this and they're like, what? One of the criminals is raping one of the hostages. Mm-hmm. And so headlines, like it just becomes like news that this is happening when like this guy just said it. Um, but 
Kristen the whole time was yelling at the police to stop drilling because it was so freaking loud. And Mm. one officer did realize this and said, no, no, she's yelling at us to stop drilling. But the others basically like shut him down and said like, no, no, we're going with our version of the story. So Um, gross. And so Kristen later said that during this time when this was when everyone was like shouting and accusing and whatever, and she was trying to explain herself, Clark held her hand to calm her down, which made her feel, quote, enormously secure. So, like, really, they are bungling this to the point that the people holding them hostage with weapons are, like, the heroes, you know? It's just Yeah, it's and, like, crazy the irony situation. of, like, oh, yeah. she's screaming because she's terrified of the people that are yeah. actually making her feel better because you suck. Because you're doing a, a stupid thing that experts told you not to do. <sighs> Wow. So some people even thought the horrible noise of the drill would help them because it would wear down Clark and Jan emotionally. That's how loud this was that they were like, this will be like psychological torture. But then also to the victims. So it's like, this is not a good situation. And at this point, Jan uh, is panicking because he hears them drilling in. He realizes, okay, they're going to gas us you know um and he was terrified of of the situation and he for whatever reason was terrified of the lasting damage that like tear gas might do to his body so like the weapon specialist had said he started rigging up an explosive to fight back oh uh, my god because he realizes what they're gonna do and so clark tells him to stop because if yon blows them all up that would do way more damage than tear gas and Jan was like, nope, I'm doing it. I'm building an explosive. Mm. It's just Yikes. like, oy, oy, oy. So he yelled at the police and he said, I have rigged an explosive that will block the drill. And the officers called him a bastard for abusing the women in the vault. And Jan said, what a shitty thing to say, you know? I have never abused a chick in my life. <laughs> so they're like really offended by this accusation. And he's very proud of that. He's like, I'm a bad guy, but not to women. So please I relax. chicks, okay? <laughs> Yeah, come on. They're snazzy, say. Come on, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Read all about it. Read all about it. I love me a Sally, you know? (laughs) Sally, take her to the picture show. Okay. Um, So (laughs) That's actually our new podcast where we just talk like that for an hour every week. (laughs) We're going to get fired from podcasting. What do you mean, say? Come on now, Sonny. Come on. The women shouted that they were unharmed and that the men were not harming them, but it was the police ensuring their demise if they didn't stop drilling. They were like, Mm. you are going to get us killed, police, if you keep drilling. So Jan screamed that he put the women under the line of the drill so any more drilling they did would drop concrete on them and hurt them. He said Sven was standing on a chair within its path and would be killed if they kept drilling. The concrete would fall and kill him. So on the phone, Brigitta pleaded for the release of Clark, Jan, and the rest of the hostages. Everyone around them was yelling. Jan, the police were yelling. Jan said Sven and the women would die if the police kept drilling. They replied they would not stop drilling. And if any harm would befall someone, it was Jan's fault, not theirs. Which I'm like, you're the police. You shouldn't be saying, well, too bad if someone gets hurt. It's not our fault. Like, Oopsies. Yeah, hello? you're literally causing potential yeah. damage. So it seemed like nobody was thinking of the hostages as like people who could make their own say or you know neither side is putting them in a safe position um they're caught up in this like weird senseless battle between jan and clark and the police 
So eventually Jan did move everyone out of harm's way to the back of the vault, but this was all just like a crazy commotion happening. And he put a blanket over their heads, uh, because I, I assume because of the tear gas. And Clark told them to cover their eyes for safety and open their mouths to release pressure from their eardrums. Oh, what in the world? Uh, okay. I don't know. Elizabeth remembers wondering why the police hadn't told them that. <laughs> like, you'd think the Fucking police would be like, point. here's how you, you know, f- survive this attack we're going to do to save you, quote unquote. Um, so again, it felt like her captors again are caring more for her and her safety and her well-being than the police. So this is again the the birth of Stockholm syndrome uh, sure. as we know it. Also, reminder like just an added way that I would have lost faith in the police is that like if they were making this is a couple bullets back at this point, but if they were drilling into that vault and making those terrible sounds and knew that they were going to be making those terrible sounds for a long enough period of time for criminals to react. Like, I would, again, think, like, oh, they really don't care about my safety because they're about to, in theory, if these were any other two criminals, they would piss them off so much they would just kill us all now. Also, well, yeah, I, that's what the weapons guy said. That'll yeah. give them, they'll know what you're doing and it'll give them time to hurt yeah. hostages. Sorry, I'm just still hooked on it. I, yeah, I'm not no, trying to... I mean, it's, it's exactly right. It's like, why are you doing this if you know this is going to cause yeah. us more pain anyway sorry i didn't mean to jump back but no, i'm just no, still on it i'm just like i can't i it's still it's somehow like the dumbest of the things i've done so far it's so dumb and it's also like extra dumb because it's not like they thought this is a great idea someone literally told them please don't do this it's a bad idea and it's going to cause more damage than you think mm-hmm. and they were like that's fine you know it's even worse because they were told the consequences and did it anyway it's like ugh, god it's infuriating Anyway, sorry about that. No, no. So Jan's explosive that he had rigged did damage the drill and concrete began to fall from the ceiling. Uh. Uh, It took a while for them to repair the drill. And finally, they were able to actually break through the vault. They, They broke a hole through with the drill. Police told Jan he had 20 minutes to send his gun and explosives up explosives up through the hole on a wire or they would commence their tear gas operation. The drill had damaged an electrical wire and the light went out. So now they are all sitting in the dark. Uh, Extra creepy. Clark, meanwhile, asked them to send down water and tampons because one of the women had started their period. (laughs) A true gentleman. He's like, I got to get you some tampons. To not even be grossed out, by the way. That's a real man. Oh, and then the women heard the police laughing about the tampon thing that that alone th- the rage that would come out of my body i mean it's just like so inferior like i would want to throat punch them like like the criminal is more effeminist than you the criminal could be like right uh, yeah this is a natural part of a human body um and the police are laughing at you or as like, they're risking tampons like really Get, as they're the risking up. your life as grow they're risking up. your life I really, that would be that would be the last thing to That's do the, me in. That was the that would have been like the first like and final. I would have been like you're yeah. done. Yep. Um so yeah, of course they hear police laugh and of course that offends all the women, you know. It's yeah. not just like the one who's on her period. So Sven yelled, "We need some menstruation pads. Do you know what that is?" And then Clark shouted, "Tampons." And police are just laughing. Um and they refused. They were like, "Nah, we're not sending that down." Like really. Truly, I, I immediately loss of complete faith. 
Totally. Like, they clearly don't even give a shit about the basics, you know? So police refused to send tampons, and instead they readied to gas the vault. But Jan had concocted another plan. In the dark, he had fashioned four nooses. Oh, shit. Yeah. He leveraged them up high and then put them around the hostages' necks. (gasps) Wait a minute. Okay. He said if the vault were gassed and stormed, the hostages would hang. Uh, And imagine, you know, they tear gas a place. Hostages presumably fall unconscious. They're going to hang in it. They're hanging on a rope. So this is now a new, the newest development uh, in this nightmare. So Clark told police to stand down and police refused. They said they would gas the chamber. And Sven took the line and said doing so would seal his fate. With Sven is the, um, the hostage, the male hostage. He said doing so would seal his fate along with the women's and they would all be killed. And police said they would get them out as soon as they could. And Sven said, yes, well, if you turn on the gas, you do not have to get us out. You can bury us in the same place. You can bury us here because we'll be dead. Like, sure, you know, yeah. He basically yeah. said, uh, well, you know what? No, no reason to come get us because we'll already be dead. Everyone is just exhausted at their wits end at this point. Um, And one officer asked with tears in his eyes, what are we going to do now? Like, they are just so at a loss at this point. So police are like, you know what? We're going to withdraw the gas. And they did. And they covered up the hole in the ceiling. Okay. (laughs) They held a press conference announcing that they would all go home and rest. And they did. So they just went home and slept and they stopped talking to Jan and Clark they went home to rest while the hostages were still stuck inside uh, awaiting their uncertain fates so at this point the public is also losing its like rose colored view of Clark like Clark was kind of this folk hero and now people are getting not so hot on him anymore Um, the police had an open hotline encouraging, this is just hilarious, encouraging people to call in with suggestions on what to do next. Yeah. So they were like crowdsourcing ideas. I I, I can't even imagine, like the second the police come to us and say, what should we do? (laughs) I'm like, that's literally so not my pay grade. Like that's. I would call and be like, give her a fucking tampon, you asshole. Yeah, truly. Like you already made a hole through the vault. Just throw them in that way. Like it's not that. So, of course, people, you open this up to the public. Of course, they're going to get some wild suggestions. So one of them was let them out, but mop the floor outside the vault first. So when Jan walks out, he slips and drops his gun. Like like a clown and a banana? Again, like yeah, what? Say, just cover the ground in banana peels? Okay. <laughs> I mean, again, this is like a cartoon. Okay. And you know what? The worst part is, in my mind, I'm like, they probably did consider this. You know, they're like, oh, write that one down. <laughs> at, at this point, I feel like they would take anything except solid advice. like Except <laughs> actual advice, right? Yeah. So someone else said to use a really, really, really big magnet to suck the gun out of his hands. <laughs> and you know what they said? They went, put that one at the top of the list. Yeah. That's... They said, where do we get a big magnet? Somebody yeah. source a big magnet. Quick, let's call Bugs Bunny and get his big <laughs> magnet over here. So more psychologists joined the let them leave with the hostages side of this uh-huh. argument. 
And at this point, it seemed like the safest option the police had, and they were desperate. So thankfully, meanwhile, in the vault, Jan let the hostages out of the nooses. Thank God. Um, And police listened in as the whole group chit-chatted about everything. I mean, at this point, they're just in there. Like, what Mm -hmm. else is they going to do besides just chat? I feel like at this point, they're doing, like, you know how, like... All the girls in uh, elementary school when you're waiting at like pickup for like you're waiting. I don't know what you would call it, but like when you're waiting for to get picked up at school, mm-hmm. everyone was in a group just doing like those like hand clap games. Oh like- my god, they're doing <laughs> yeah. I just feel like that's what they're they're just doing that Miss over Mary and over. Mary Mac Mac Mac. <laughs> I wonder what the Swedish version of that is. I'm not sure, but let me know. <laughs> uh, so police are listening in, and the whole group is just like chit-chatting playing games icebreakers you know the whole nine yards they're talking about everything from their hopes and dreams to sven trying to quit smoking like they're just chatting about life um one of the women said the other bank workers were lucky not because they weren't hostages but because they were all on vacation now because the bank is closed (laughs) so that's a good point okay uh, and Sven said, no way. Their bosses surely put them to work in other banks. And guess what? He was right. They did <gasps> not get a vacation. They had to go work in other banks. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they had philosophical questions about, like, morality, about right and wrong. The women asked Clark and Jan about prison. Like, what was that like? About life choices they had made. They, had, they were telling jokes. They were laughing together. Uh, the next morning... Police lowered a bucket with sandwiches, milk, toilet paper, and tampons. So, oh, blessed be. Thank you. damn time. Blessed Thank you. be. Thank you. <laughs> so the group dug in on the food, and Jan made the hostages wear their nooses again anytime he thought the police might be looking. So he's like, just put these on to, like, trick them, <laughs> sort of. I honestly, at this point, if I were one of the hostages, I would just be trusting them. Like, they're not really going to hang me. Like, I'd be I would like, hope so. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't like seem like it. They've proven they don't want to hurt me every other time. They you know? bonded all of them. Man. So every time that he thinks the police might look through the hole they made, they, he made them put the nooses back around their necks, but he would give them breaks. And Clark whispered to them, going off your point, that if the gas really did come, he would take, he would cut them all down to save their lives. <laughs> Yeah, like, it seems like this man is a lot of things, but he does not want to be a murderer, especially to women. He really doesn't. Like, neither of them do. So they stood in shifts, and Sven volunteered to take the most time spent in the noose because because he wanted to give the women more of a break. And Jan told him that was very respectable. (laughs) What I mean, Sven, I hope, grows up to be a hometown hero, you know? I hope so, too. The police drew, uh, give him a cigarette, you know, he's trying to quit smoking, but like at this point he deserves one. You he, know? I've, if you're trying to quit and you're in the middle of this scenario, you should get back on like, cigarettes. <laughs> if any, yeah. Honestly, if, if nothing you're else, allowed. you deserve at least a smoke. Okay. Just, just a puff of someone else's, you Come know, on, you know, so the police drilled six more holes in the vault and the gas plan was suddenly back on the table. So Jan shot up through one of the holes and caught an officer in the cheek with a bullet, like oh, just wow. shot through it and managed to to hit this officer. And when this was announced on the radio, they heard people <laughs> and the people inside the vault heard this. They started cheering. Like, what? Uh, sorry. When 
So they announced it on the radio that one of the officers had been shot through the hole. And so the hostages started cheering when they heard this, (laughs) when they got the news on the radio. Yay! They were like, Jan's bullet hit one of the cops in the face. Yay! You know. That's how you know we've all really bonded when you're you're all high-fiving. Seriously. Like, that's how you know they've turned on you, you know? Yeah, You know, it, it hit him in the cheek. It didn't kill him, thankfully. But, you know, still, like, oh, my God. So on the final night of this whole hostage situation, ambulances were on standby outside of the bank. They had oxygen, blood, anything else they might need to treat potentially major trauma, depending on how this played out. Right. So the police asked the media to stop reporting on new developments to avoid alarming Jan or Clark because they had a radio down there and they could hear what was going on. So the radio station said, sure, 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 and then announced the arrival of the ambulances anyway. So now they knew that things were getting heated. Yeah. So at 9.05 p.m., the hostages were not currently in their nooses and police unleashed the gas Everyone collapsed, coughing and choking on the gas. Uh, Earlier, police had locked the vault from the outside so Mm. that they were stuck in there. Inside, the hostages screamed and begged for the police to open the vault and let them out. But police would not release anyone until Jan passed his gun up through one of the holes they had drilled. Wow. Okay. So Jan yelled, I will not sacrifice you all. That was never my intention. And he surrendered the gun. Wow. Yep. Wow. I actually didn't see that coming. Yeah, I know. Me neither. Police opened the vault. I mean, I did because I know the notes. Okay. (laughs) When I was researching, I also didn't (laughs) see that coming, to be clear. Um, (laughs) Police opened the vault, uh, but they couldn't get anyone out because they were blocked inside by random debris. So they were like still trapped. Meanwhile, no one was sending down a wire. For Jan to surrender his gun. Interesting. Like, how's he going to surrender his gun if you don't give him something to put it on? She's going to throw it really high and hope someone catches it? What in the world? What a dangerous game that would be. So he kept yelling, announcing that he surrenders and demanding the wire so he could give them the gun. And it's just not happening. And the hostages, meanwhile, are crying and begging to be released. So the police outside the vault didn't know that they were blocked in by rubble and they could not figure out why the hostages were not walking out of the vault. Yeah. So they commanded the officers above to pump more gas into the vault. <laughs> it's just like the biggest shit show. I'm just mad about all of it. Like, it's yeah, just it's infuriating. So frustrating. So they tell the officers up there, well, they're not coming out. Pump more gas in. And there's just more screaming as a result of this. Doctors had determined that they only had 15 minutes to expose the hostages along with Clark and Jan before the gas became truly dangerous, like, and could do lasting damage or kill them. And it had been half an hour of this tear gas. And luckily, the police had made an error and the canisters sprayed the gas horizontally rather than vertically. So a lot of it was just getting sprayed against the walls instead of directly into the hole. So it was sort of like just hitting the sides of the hole instead of down like into how it. You, like you said, luckily they made a mistake. And I'm I like, know. unsurprisingly, they made a mistake. <laughs> Luck- unluckily, they made lots of mistakes. Luckily, they made this particular mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they are fortunately not getting 100% of the brunt of this tear gas, um, but obviously still 
horribly torturous to be in there. Yeah. Finally, after a total of 45 minutes, police got the gun and explosives and told the group to come out hostages first. So the women told Clark and Jan to walk oh. out first. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's smart because they're like, they are obviously not going to shoot the first people that come out. Yeah, because they said hostages come out first and the host- hostages are like, you guys go. <laughs> but you know, at this at this point, I feel like the cops would see two men and go, those are the women. All right. The next two people that yeah, come out yeah, are going to yeah, be yeah. on. You never, yeah. The, I wouldn't trust them to even know the difference at this point. No. So the hostages tell Clark and Jan to walk out first and they do. An officer pressed a gun against Jan's neck and threatened to shoot him, even as he was being handcuffed. What? And pol- I know police restrained Clark to a stretcher, but a recording caught them hitting him in the face and <gasps> kneeing him, despite having him in secure custody. Yeah, wow, doesn't that oh. sound fucking familiar? Yep. Um, so Kristen yelled at them to stop hurting him. As police interviewed the hostages, they immediately began asking about rape, like right away. And Sven said that Jan had been pleasant toward the women and that all three women had confidence in Jan and Clark. Kristen criticized the police for the whole operation and told them to send her regards to Clark with a hug and a kiss. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, someone's falling in love. (laughs) Major media outlets like the New York Times said, quote, reliable police officers had confirmed that the women were undoubtedly sexually assaulted. Like, Oh, my uh, God. How reliable can we... Reliable is a stretch, a very big stretch. Psychiatrists reported that the hostages simply had shell shock, which is modern day PTSD, former parlance for PTSD, and couldn't accurately describe what they'd been through, including rape. So that's why they weren't saying that's what happened. Yikes. Swedish psychiatrist Niels Bayerat, who worked with the police, coined the phrase Normalmstorg syndrome. And Normalmstorg was the... um, square where the bank was located so they call mm. they were calling it the normal uh robbery so he coined this term calling it a syndrome and then this later developed into stockholm syndrome which i think was probably easier for uh english-speaking folks to say than normal sure. which i'm also probably not saying correctly Fair um enough. but yeah so he coined this this phrase normal syndrome and then it later became stockholm syndrome got it So one police officer named Morgan Rylander challenged the police narrative after the ordeal. He said that Jan never strangled any of the women, which the women also confirmed. And this was a huge deal because the alleged strangling that they were talking about was the justification police used to send Clark into the bank in the first place. And Mm. now they're saying there was no strangling. So why would you send this guy in there? He challenged several other claims police made about Jan's actions, and police ended up stating that Morgan, just like the hostages, was simply suffering from trauma and was just confused about the events. I mean, oh talk about God. gaslighting. Yeah. All in all, the victims of the events viewed Jan and Clark positively, uh, as we've definitely realized. Clark was able to get off free from the event, but he had to go back to prison to complete the six-year sentence that he had been serving when they took him out. And all right well so i guess at least he didn't kind get charged to be fair like he had nothing to do with it they brought him yeah there, they brought you know? him there they brought they him there and him then there. he didn't do anything so he didn't do anything exactly sven visited jan in prison uh sven is the the male yeah. hostage visited jan in prison they're becoming uh, buddies he, he actually ran into clark at a nightclub by chance and shared a table with him you know 
I don't know how I'm supposed to feel, but what I am feeling is like <laughs> I'm glad that they are fine. Like I'm, right? Like I'm this glad is bizarre. This is, like, this is kind of like at the end of a rom com when you get like a year later epilogue. Oh my god, you see everyone getting together and like yeah. sharing a drink and laughing about all the all the hilarities of the past. I can understand the like the the psychiatric the like the, a professional confusion about like how can someone share a table with someone who you know held them as a hostage who put but a then, noose around your neck right yeah but then at the same time like with all the nuance to the story it's like yep. they were they were of the two evils they were dealing with they were the lesser of the evils exactly. and therefore probably yes, feel exactly. less threatening and they at least were ensuring their safety. And I mean, versus... and talk about trauma bonding with somebody. Yeah. You're getting tear gas together. You're... I think it's one of those things where, like, uh, it's probably very easy to look at that story and go, like, how fucking dare they? Or, like, I can't believe they would want to be friends or be civil right. to those people. But, like, that's certainly a, unless you've been in that situation, shut the fuck up. Absolutely. Situ- like, I mean, this guy's you don't know. trying you don't to get know. tampons for you and, like treating you that with the alone, utmost respect <laughs> that alone the brownie points are through the roof like a, i know a man back then like especially back then like yeah. fighting for you to just get a fucking tampon while the people who are trying to save you are laughing at you or laughing for, about it i mean for having exactly. a uterus like fuck off like and you're you're right like it's definitely very nuanced like don't get me wrong this sounds very traumatic and nobody should be held at gunpoint or like right have a noose around their neck to to threaten the cops okay I, like i'm fully on board with that i i don't want to be a hostage in any under any circumstances but um but yeah there's so much more nuance than just that blanket I, story i can understand how it became like a, a phenomenon like though, an us I, against them almost that like that psychologist wanted to study of like how does the human brain you know act this way i totally get the how wild of a story it is i think it's yeah it's, it's like fascinating i think it really does just come down to to nuance and you had to be there and that's mm-hmm. kind of it. Yeah, to be there is like this. <laughs> if if you had to be there was summed up in one story, like this is definitely right. it. Yeah. Yeah. And weirdly enough, uh, Sven actually continued working for the bank uh, for many years. So wow. uh, he just. I hope they know, gave him the promotion of a fucking lifetime. I mean, really, he deserved or at least longer cigarette breaks. since A really I, good since Christmas I assume, bonus. Yeah. I assume he didn't stop smoking after that, but I don't know. Maybe he did. Um, Kristen entered a, okay, well, you already called this, entered a romantic relationship with Clark uh, Mm -hmm. for a time, but that Mm -hmm. ended eventually. And she struggled a lot with the concept of Stockholm Syndrome, and she felt she was being blamed for the way she chose to survive an unreal Mm. situation. And again, like, I can't imagine how, like, it must have just been the ultimate, like, you had to be there. You can't tell me yeah what i was suffering from some psychotic delusion or whatever if if you weren't there like i mean especially like if if like one of your big things is you want to find someone who will take care of you and in a in one of the most traumatic times of your life he of all the people was the one taking care of you i mean to be fair he didn't start this whole thing yeah like he he just showed up and he was like he just showed up yeah but he did join in on the hostage thing. So like for what, you know, it's it not could a great also, power dynamic, but it could also know. be, you know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, people who have survived some really tough things. And uh, I'm trying to figure out like 
not that I have a politically incorrect way, but I'm trying to make sure that I'm inclusive. But, um, you know, there are stories of people dating somebody or meeting somebody and they have a really bad experience with them and will stay in a relationship to try to justify or show that they weren't, you know what I mean? Like there's, um, I don't know if this was her situation at all. It doesn't sound like that for her, but, um, there are a lot of people who will get into a relationship with someone who didn't treat them well, even before they were dating or something, or maybe they were assaulted by somebody and they'll choose to be in this relationship because they don't want to seem weak. Like they have some agency left in this. Oh, interesting. And so maybe it was, I truly do think maybe there was some trauma bonding and real feelings there. I, that's my, the, the, what I'm guessing, but it could have also been a, I was in a traumatic moment with somebody and i want to feel like i have some control or some say of how this ends that does make some sense you know so maybe she was just trying to write part of her own narrative yeah i don't know and i mean it sounds like she was frustrated with the way that she was portrayed in the media as as having this syndrome that she had no control over and you know she was being blamed for surviving it in a certain way um, so yeah, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense and obviously w- we don't know, but I think, um, any of the above would make some sense. Um, and Kristen actually herself became a social worker and she says it's her goal to listen to those whom no one listens and respect those whom no one respects, mm. which I'm like, that's, that's a lovely, a, a noble pursuit. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth had become had become good friends with Kristen in the crisis, and they actually traveled together to find relaxation, which is kind of nice. Elizabeth quit the bank. uh, Can't blame her for that and moved back in with her family to heal. Can't blame her for that either. No, definitely not. Forgetta returned to her husband and children, and she worked at the bank for another 30 years. Holy shit. Still lives with her husband in Stockholm. So, wow. Wow. Clark was in and out of prison for decades until his final release in 2018 when he escaped, sailed the Mediterranean, robbed more banks, went to prison, escaped again, etc. That man just won't learn. I know. And then in 2018, I think I probably worded that wrong, but in 2018, he was final. That was his final release uh, from his cycle of <laughs> robberies. And-, and now we're going on five years of maybe good behavior. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. Uh, Jan served his time for the bank heist quietly, just just waited it out under the radar. In 2020, author David King released a comprehensive book on the ordeal called Six Days in August, and um, that is what most of these notes are based on. When David met with Clark, he asked him about the Normum store robbery, and Clark said, fuck, it was fun. <laughs> What? Well, you know, it's certainly for one him, of those. I imagine it was. He got out yeah. of prison for a day, for six days, and got to. It was certainly a, uh, definitely something. He got to go back to jail and have a story for everybody oh at lunch my the next God, they're day. Like, where have you been? It's like you have no idea what I've been going. They're like, were right you in now. solitary? Oh no, quite the opposite. Really, I was bonding i was making friends and playing hand clap games in a bank vault oh my god (laughs) so when david talked about the same uh, david the author talked about it to jan jan expressed unfortunately deep regret uh he said he had no right to endanger innocent people's lives for his own gain and if he could go back and undo what he did he would Mm. what a freaking story so that 
is the story of Stockholm Syndrome and how we got that phrase and uh, where it comes from and why why it might not really be a real quote unquote thing, real mm. syndrome, which is something I mentioned in the beginning last week. Of, yes. Uh, you know, it's some people think this is just it's not a real psychiatric diagnosis, which now we can see like why why it was so nuanced um and that it might just be like a uh a mishmash of traits from ptsd uh trauma bonding and that kind of thing kind of mashed together or just like self-preservation or self-preservation yes anything and uh, you know i forgot part of this where did i did i say this line maybe Hmm. i said it last week actually um oh i did sorry so uh i i mentioned i don't did I mention this? That a tissue was discovered in the vault with semen on it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did mention that. Okay. Um, and one woman said that she had kissed Jan and <laughs> encouraged him to take care of himself in order yeah. to relieve his tension. Um, but this was like a survival mechanism. She I'm was honestly, like, it makes so much sense though, because like get the tension out of this man who has a gun in the room, you know, like and also like, you know, sexually arouse him so he doesn't want to hurt me. Like, you know, I mean it's actually course, kind of a, a genius move. Very, very smart. And it worked, you know. He they bonded uh mental talk about mental strength to be able to go through with that and not, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just thought that was really impressive. But of course, everyone then took it to mean, oh, um, she Not was assaulted like, and she just doesn't remember, which is like, ugh. fuck off. Yeah, um, definitely a you had to be there situation. And yes. maybe that's what a lot of Stockholm Syndrome is. 100%. And, wow, what a good story, Christine. Whoa, what a fucking... This uh, was a good episode. I feel like hurricane. we gave ourselves a, a little doozy here. I'm very proud yeah, of Yeah, this is quite a quite a tale yours and mine i uh oh man we were supposed to talk about being having a tour again at the beginning or maybe we kind of did but reminder again that we are going on tour soon and you can go get your tickets online at our website so um we never do what we're supposed to do sorry i know i really i did like i did like our stories this week christine i'm excited to hear what you've got next week me too Um, (laughs) wish me and (laughs) last week in our after chat we talked about different types of cereals from the 90s um i think we said we were going to do a two-parter of that but oh my god now i also want to talk about salisbury steak and hand clap games so we might have a lot to discuss okay so if you are a member of patreon go hop over uh and check out our after chat after this episode and uh very excited to see you over there where we just are just continue to ensue chaos you know yeah 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 it never ends. And that's why we drink. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.